Are you good, Scotty? Yeah, I'm just laughing because Spurs posted, and then everyone's uh, sorry, whatever. You're fine. You're fine. We're no. just recording. We're not. Everyone. Oh, fair. Yeah, we're not live. But so Spurs posted, we missed this, and then every comment is announced Martinez, announced Martinez, announced Martinez. <laughs> that sounds like our fan base. That's exactly what that sounds like. A rebuilding job. Welcome to the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at Astetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. Joined today by Todd and Scott. It's Todd. He's out in San Diego. You can follow him at TC underscore Kasho. Todd, how's it going, man? Oh, I am. I'm buzzing, man. I'm excited that football's back. Any day, obviously, that you get to talk about Spurs and any day that you get to talk about Spurs beating the scum is a good fucking day. That's what I. That's how I am, sir. I love the energy that Todd is already bringing to the, the festivities today. <laughs> we also have a very, very Advil-induced Scott who is at DSM Spurs. <laughs> Uh, some of you may have seen on on the Twitter machine on the Bird app that uh, Scott was photographed sleeping in a car through I think most of the second half this morning. Is that about right? It was it was a 70th minute when I finally said fuck this and just went to the car and went back to bed because oh, I actually you didn't miss nothing. Yeah, I, just the goal, right? Yeah. I, I I fucking I was literally falling off at uh, uh, falling asleep at the bar and almost fell off my chair, and that's when I said, "Okay, like before I injure myself, let's just go to the car and go to bed." Yeah, um, I mean, we just got you back from the injury list. We don't need another injury, yeah, exactly. Especially my to the off this time. <laughs> yeah, we don't need any of that. Uh, yeah, for context, the game did start for us West Coasters out here uh, at six a.m., and you were up late because um, you're you're a a childless man and yes. <laughs> can do those kinds of things. And uh, there you go. That's that is, that is that uh, Tottenham Hotspur one, the scum arsenal nil, a preseason friendly North London Derby. No such thing. Um, yeah. I referred to this as the NBD NLD, the no big deal North London Derby, <laughs> uh, because this thing really didn't matter all that much, but it's still a North London Derby, right? Todd, no, what was your, yeah, what was your big takeaway from uh, the final preseason match? Because, of course, the next one counts. Is that uh, Mikel Arteta uh, didn't want any of that fucking smoke from PEH? That was my final takeaway. Um, <laughs> no, is, is uh, get back in your box, you little man, is, is something along those lines that my Viking told him. Uh, yep. No, uh, listen, the, the, I appreciate the Mind Series so much because obviously it goes to an, an incredible cause and we have a lot of appreciation for that. Just um, – just, just, Fuck those clowns. And I'm really glad that we beat them today. And like, it's one of those things where I had, I had both feeds up. So I had the Spurs feed and then I, I had the scum feed too. Oh, and, and so it was, it was very interesting. There's such, did you pay for pricks. both of those or no, hell no. Okay, There's such condescending pricks. The scum announcers, like it just, just little cheeky shit about like throw-ins and, and uh, the, their commentary on the PEH Arteta conversation. And of course, talking about how Arsenal are battering Spurs up and down the pitch, this, that, and the other thing in the second half until the goal, and then immediately the commentary, and as well, of course, this is just a preseason friendly and you want to get plenty of run out. So, I mean, it's just, it's, 
I think we were all kind of feeling the same way, which was if we win, fuck yeah, we beat them. If we lose, eh, it's just preseason. So it's kind of... Yeah. I only wish there could have been an Athletic UK feed for you to listen to, because that would have really fired you up. I want it. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Scott, what was your takeaway from uh, this one, from, from what you saw? Obviously, there wasn't much to see. It was, you know... Sonny gets a great goal late and it's a win. And and for the most part, I thought the first half was kind of even, you know, and, and really the first 60 minutes or so. And then Spurs got the goal and that was that, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the biggest takeaway for me was that we, we played what is probably our best team on paper right now, minus signings, right? Minus Kane. Um, and we looked okay. And I was I was really happy to see that. I mean, I was a little bit concerned when I saw you know the back line and whatnot, but um, it just tells me that Nuno's getting getting things under control a little bit better, and I think starting to play some succinct football. And my buddy Ben Princer, who fuck you, Ben, but my buddy Ben Princer and, and his stupid little uh, stupid little post on Twitter. But Ben, uh, no, love love you, bud. But he 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 made a great point that um, you know that it's just so nice to see us playing on the front foot again and, and playing expressive football, you know, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not going to get in the Mourinho conversation because we all know where I stand on that, but I will, I will totally agree with Ben that it was nice to see us playing expressive football this morning against Arsenal. And my boy, uh, my boy, Pierre Luigi got some minutes. So I was really pumped about that against the scum. And um, yeah, just overall a great day. And like Todd said, man, it has me buzzing for next week. So yeah, um, the back line, I think, is is actually where we start this conversation because Jaffa Tanganga at right back, who had the assist for the goal, was kind of awesome, was kind I of really, really good, right? I mean, so now here I am just like eating a giant bag of shit because last week I was praising the team, praising Nuno for playing him at center back, which is where his obvious best position is going to be. And then he comes out and smacks the scum up and down the pitch. That goal that Sonny scored was all Jaffa Tanganga. Yep. So he and LaCelso both setting that up. And and I agree with you, Todd. I'm kind of in the same boat. I said, uh, we did a podcast this past Thursday and I kind of said, I'm in the camp that I do think Jaffa Tanganga needs a loan. And, you know, we talked about Galatasaray and Turkey came in for him it appears like everyone was leaving it up to Tanganga on whether or not he wanted to go. And it felt like the vibe was from various reporting and Alistair gold football, London uh, said that, no, he wants to stay and fight for his place. And if he's going to put it in performances like that, and if he's going to give himself the ability to, you know, occasionally play in the right back position and mostly hopefully for, for, for mine and Todd's sake, so that we don't have to eat a big bag of shit, play in the center back position. (laughs) I think he can fit. Um, I also think that what it does is it gives Spurs the, I I don't want to use the ability. I almost want to use the word excuse to not go out and have another big center back signing, like to make Romero their one big center back signing. And I'm not saying I agree with that, but I think that that's, that's something that they will use because it, it, you know, we saw Davis and Sanchez get minutes today. He played fairly well as, as well, which is, you know, I I, know I'm not, (laughs) This team is is it looks like going to go with what it has at center back when you throw Romero in, and I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying that's what it appears is going to happen. So I'm going to come in with some Scassardamus and and disrupt. Oh, please, please disrupt, disrupt it. In the next 48 hours, we will announce Yari Mina as our as our next center back signing. 
and that's I know. Colombian center back for why? why? I don't know. Pass, but but we will we will announce it. So just brace yourselves for that. Um, I really think we will, and I don't I don't even know how I feel about that yet. But I I just came to this conclusion in the past ten minutes. So did you mean Tomiyasu or did you mean Mina? Mina, (laughs) we will announce Mina. Um, based on just based on some things that I've seen on social media, I think that dude's coming to Spurs. Some ITK that you have, or exactly man just 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 me being myself and just you know being observant and picking things out Dude, that, that I think was out of nowhere goodness it, yeah. it is a little bit trust me a little bit and and, and if you want if you want to know more ask our boy maddie hayes okay, okay. well let's 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 move i'm gonna move off of that because <laughs> look we can, we can talk enough about transfer links that actually have been made not by by scott um but before we do that i i want to move up from the defense to the midfield because we saw another uh, skip Hoybier pairing in midfield today with Delhi along along with them in that kind of four three three yeah mishmash. Todd, what did you make of that midfield and how it changed when Lacelso came on for Hoybier? Well, obviously it's going to change when Lacelso comes on for Hoybier. The first thing that I will tell you is that Skip is the class of the midfield. I said it, and I love Hoybier. Hoybier is my guy. But I'm watching Oliver skip Boston's midfield and go, oh, like it's just a cut above, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> however, I think that obviously Delhi's expressive play going forward is still a little too slow for me. Uh, but the little flick up the sideline was very nice to, to Lucas. You know, anytime you can Meg Bellerin and make him look like an idiot on national television. It's always fair. International television. It's always great news. Uh, not that his mustache did him any favors in that category either, but um, <clears throat> what, what I will also say is that if uh, Delhi finds the back of the net instead of hitting the post twice, we're screaming his praises uh, about how well that midfield is playing. Yeah. So I think that by and large, the way that we're setting up offensively um, is going to pay dividends with Ellie in that, with Delhi in that spot. Uh, to your point, Andrew, I don't know that we saw as much um, going forward from the Skip Hoybier pairing as we would want to. But what I will say, and this, I said this in the chat, but I didn't articulate it particularly well, is that I thought that the uh, the outlet balls to the wings, there was ton, like we, they were obviously squeezing Hoybier and Skip narrow. So there was tons of space to like Reggie and Bergvine uh, and that they were able to run in. Uh, and I think that if they continue to squeeze down but then and, and Hoybier and Skip continue to find those outlet passes, um, I think it's something where I, I'm not necessarily concerned about how they're playing. Again, I think uh, to see this type of expressiveness coming from the midfielders uh, in the preseason is exciting, especially without the likes of a creative force like a, like a Christian Eriksen in there. Scott, to me, the the skip Hoyer pairing feels like something that you would have wanted to see last year under Jose Mourinho because it allows two sitters in front of a weaker defense and it allows the team to hit on the counter. But when you're playing a more, I don't want to call it expansive, but a more maybe expressive 4-3-3 where you're trying to get after it a little bit, it seems like those two guys are going to slow things up a little more than would be preferred, right? Yeah, I mean, I I think logic tells me that that would be a, a, a perfect pairing for a Mourinho's uh, approach, like you say. But I also will say that this summer in the Euros, I think we saw that, that Pierre-Emile Hoybier is, is a lot better on the ball than a lot of us realize he was. And I think he he offers a lot going forward. Um, maybe a lot's aggressive, but more than we, th- more than we thought, right? Um, and so 
I, I I'm still curious to see to see Skip and how that shakes out because I'm I'm not going to act like I watched them a ton last year in the championship. I caught a game here and there, right? But I think I also think that he might offer a little bit more on the ball than than, than we realized too at times. So I I I, I got to feel this one out because I think that is it, it will be our pivot. It better be our pivot against City. I mean, those two are both fantastic footballers, but I I, I you know I'm very curious to see what what Nuno is going to be asking of those two because I. I would expect that if you have those two in a midfield, um, you're obviously only playing one of Tongi or Gio, right? So I, I don't know how that's going to shake out. Like I could I could see Nuno going with like Peh, Tongi and Gio as as a three, right? So we're not even sure that those two are going to play together, but I suspect they will. And um, for me to to bring it all home, I think it's all going to come down to you know, what Nuno asked of them. And if he asked them to be more expressive going forward, I think PEH will be the guy that's asked, asked to do the majority of the work there. Well, I think to your original question, Andrew, I, I think that when Gio came on, I think that it absolutely changed the dynamic of them right. going forward. The yeah. other thing that I want to point out is having Gio with Skippy behind him almost made Gio a little bit more confident to do what he yes. needed to do going forward. Yes. And so that's something that even with Pierre playing behind him, you didn't see. So I like that a lot. And I could imagine us seeing, because I mean, Tongay is still doing Tongay things. I, I This new and improved beefy deli, Gio and Skippy, would not mm-hmm. shock me. Yeah. Which, yeah. To have yeah. PEH left out of that, what does that even say? Well, and I don't mm-hmm. want to, I don't want to, be accused of. I just want to put the caveat on all of this. Where it, it it may appear that we're overanalyzing formations in a preseason friendly. These are all talking points that are going to carry on beyond this match, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and 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 I agree with you, Todd. Like it is interesting that you know we will we will probably be able to maybe see Pierre Emil Hoybier get like a little bit of a break. Like it would be nice to see Peh get a rest here and there with yeah. you know Skip taking his place in that type of of setup. The one guy that we have not talked about at all, and there's for good reason, is because he, he wasn't present, he wasn't even on the bench, is Tongi and Dombele. And how, or maybe the question is, if he fits into this as a puzzle piece. Because we've seen Ndombele in his time at Spurs play in many different roles. He's played sitting deeper as a ball progressor. He's played in the 10 role. Um, he's played as kind of a box-to-box guy. Where where and do we see in Dumbly? I'll first say too, a lot of speculation on on the bird app today about you know in Dumbly and what where he is and and why he's not you know involved. Nuno came out after the match and said there's not an injury, but he's not ready to play. Just want to point out for those of you who didn't realize or maybe don't know, uh, the man just had a child, uh, you know, with 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 his his lady um, not too long ago newborn in the house maybe some of that has to do with it there's a lot of speculation about his his fitness and his weight and i think that while we've seen some of that in the past i think it's really unfair to put those kind of assumptions on the guy because we haven't seen him at all thus far so i just wanted to put that out there but what do we see in dombele or do we see in dombele fitting into this picture at some point when he and if he is able to make it back into the team i i I don't know, man. And it's a very good question. And, and I'm almost just stumped and perplexed because I just don't know. Um, there's been so much, you know, I will just say this. His time with Spurs has been so tumultuous, right? So up and down, back and forth, speculation, 
oh, he's back, he's bedded in, where is Tongi, blah, blah, blah. So it really just it's just an extension of his entire time as Spurs, what we're seeing right now, right? So, and to, and to Todd's point earlier, when you look at the actual wealth of talent we do have in the midfield all of a sudden, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get a minutes for a while. Um, I mean, obviously, he's not going to play against City, right? If he can't even make the bench today, he's certainly not yeah. going to be in the squad against City. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if Tongi was moved on. And, and I'm, I'm not speculating or trying to, like, cause drama, right? But I just – I don't know because it, just, it seems like he's never – in his entire time at Spurs, ever been like a, a staple part of of uh, of the setup or the eleven, right? Well, I don't know, man. Like to be fair, I kind of feel like we see a lot of this with new guys at Spurs, and it takes them a while to get bedded in, and it takes them a while to get comfortable. And London's a lot, and North London specifically is a lot, and the London yeah. media is a lot, a lot, and the worst. <laughs> and so. The thing about Tongi is when you've seen him on the pitch, he's done Tongi things. Mm-hmm. Like you but can't yeah. say anything but that. And yep. so I think that this is just a matter of getting him consistent minutes. The same thing with Gio. When he's on yeah. the pitch, he does Gio things, and it's awesome. It's just a matter of getting him consistent minutes. So mm-hmm. um, I think as this season progresses, I absolutely expect to see Tongi get bedded back in. Exactly where? Not sure. Probably in a more creative role, probably in more of a 10 than, than anything else, if I had to guess. Yeah. Uh, but simply yeah, because that's where he's most comfortable. And honestly, with the type of balls that Nuno's asking to play right now, that asking that is that Nuno's asking our team to play right now, they're Tongi type passes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. totally. So I totally. think that there's absolutely a role for him, and it's just a matter of getting him uh, back to where he needs to be. And the last point that I want to make on that, Andrew, is that if you have never had children, um, first off, it is the uh, the coolest fucking thing you ever, ever, ever want to do uh, and never wish upon anyone in your life. <laughs> uh, but the second thing that I will tell you is that having a newborn in a house is the most mentally taxing thing that I've ever come up across or that I've ever come across. And so uh, above and beyond any sort of physical limitations or or, or, or physical uh, you know ailments, dude, it's a lot. And so give, give, give your boy Tongi a, a little bit of time to, you know, have a baby and like be a dad and get his shit together and let him, then let him come back and be a professional. Um, there's a bunch of shit that came out like, oh, Tongi's, you know, uh, imagining his future, this, that, and the other thing with his friends trying to move on. Well, I'll tell you what, I think Sissoko goes, I don't oh, see yeah. Sir Jorier going anywhere this window. And that's just me. <clears throat> I tend he's to got, agree with he's you. He's got minutes in every single game. Well, and not only that, he's gotten nibbles on the market. Like we, we have not yeah, seen nothing. any anyone no. really wanting to come in. And, and for Sissoko, there have been numerous, it seems, suitors. There have been a few suitors in France, perhaps some in, I think it was Saudi Arabia, maybe. Yep. Um. So, oh, wow. yep. yeah, it seems like that's a that's one that I think this coming week we would we yeah. would more than likely see Musa Sissoko depart. Um, <laughs> Sergio, however, is a completely different question. Um, when it comes to other transfer business, of course, uh, Romero comes in uh, officially on Friday. We, we, we podcasted on Thursday. We knew that was happening. That's done and dusted. He got to, to wave to the fans today. Um, hopefully, he might be ready to get going by next week. I, I would be doubtful that he's in the you know in the starting eleven next next Sunday against Manchester City, but maybe the week after that, maybe for the for the Europa Conference League match that comes up midweek that week. Um, who knows? We'll, we'll find out. 
Um, but he will hopefully not take a long time to bet in and be able to get into that back line and, and help out the defense. Aside from that, um, the big, the biggest transfer news, I think still remains to be seen with, with Harry Kane, of course. Um, and, and I think the thing that has me concerned about this team right now is that it doesn't currently actually have a striker on the roster. Um, Hyungmin Sun is kind of playing that role, but I think I've made pretty clear. I don't think Hyungmin's, I think Hyungmin Sun is better on the, on the wing. He's better because he, he is, he's a better <clears throat> left wing um, or, or even right wing than he is playing up the middle. And that leaves this team without a true striker other than if you want to call Dane Scarlett, that guy. Um, and he's not ready to, to, to take over that role. So we wake up this morning before this match happens and find out that Spurs are linked uh, with Latoro Martinez. And not only are they linked with him, they've apparently agreed to a fee with Inter Milan, but then word comes that that came prior to Milan selling Romelu Lukaku to Chelsea earlier this week. All the wheels start turning on this, and it seems kind of almost like Chelsea buying Lukaku has screwed Spurs out of getting Martinez, but maybe not, and we think maybe that could still happen, right? Yes, absolutely. No, I think what this is is <laughs> I think what this is is uh Inter Milan not wanting to have to deal with the PR shitstorm that is, hey, we just sold Latoro Martinez and we sold Romelu Lukaku in about 48 hours and oh by the way, we don't have any strikers on the fucking roster. So I think realistically what's going to happen right now and I think you've seen the fees agreed to or at least in principle is uh Jekko is going to come in and Joaquin Correa is going to come in. And then we'll see the Latoro Martinez announcement to Spurs. God, are you pumped about that too? I'm amped. Are you kidding me? The guy had 17 goals and 10 assists in Serie A last year. Like, how are you not excited about uh, another legitimate name and another Argentinian to come in and play in this squad? It's great news. Scott? Honestly, man, odd to say welcome to Tottenham, Latoro Martinez, man. And I'm like, I'm not even kidding, man. That guy is a fucking baller. And if we really sign him, dude, holy shit. I, dude, I was, I was, oh my God. Like that guy is the best striker remaining in Serie A, in my opinion, now that, now that Romelu Lukaku is gone. And they, I mean, that's a lot, but I appreciate the hell out of that. Dude, I, I really believe that. And like, and I'm, and I, and I don't mean like, well, obviously his stats last year play into that, but just like his progression in his window and his or his ceiling, rather not window, his ceiling is so high, man. And I, I I'm just buzzing about this. And I I said off the air, like, you know, two striker. We're seeing all these things about, you know, he's he's going to play with Kane, blah blah blah. I told Andrew before you hopped on, Todd. If I'm Kane, I sweat a little bit from this because it. Lataro Martinez can push Kane for minutes, and it's Harry Kane, right? I'm not stupid. Like I'm, I, uh, of course, I understand like what I'm saying right now. But that guy is a very, very good striker. And if I'm Kane, I'm thinking, okay, they're either preparing for life without me, um, or they are preparing for life without me. But I'm not going to get a move, and now I'm going to have to compete with the best striker in Syria for minutes. And of course, he's going to he's going to get more minutes than Martinez as long as he comes back and like buys into the to the to to, to the deal, right? But it it just tells me that we are kind of at that point where we're like, whatever fucking happens, happens, but we're buying Latara Martinez. So we have a striker if Kane's gone, you know, and that's exciting to me. That just tells me that the club has put its foot down and said, okay, like we're not playing this fucking bullshit game with you anymore. We're just going to buy Latara Martinez, your move, Kane. Um, 
and but that's no, fucking fantastic. He doesn't so. have any moves. Like, so that's my other thing is like the, the fact that we're even talking about Kane right now is a little frustrating to me because it's like shut the fuck yeah, up yeah. and go back to work because realistically, like you're yeah. not going anywhere because I don't see in the next, especially because they gave Jack Grealish the ten. Uh, I don't see uh, I, I don't see City coming in with two hundred million pounds in, in the next week, Andrew, nope. to go from there. So the, the Kane's not going anywhere. So does this make him sweat? I don't think it makes him sweat because he's fucking Harry Kane. But what I think that it does more than anything else is it lets him know that, like, just like Youngman's son pointed out, this team is much bigger than Harry Kane. Yeah, it is. It is. Exactly. Uh, my my concern is, and I, I, I dug some of these numbers up last night and shared them with you guys, we had 18 different goal scorers in all competitions last season, right? Nine of those 18 are either departed from the club or are there's a threat of them departing the club. Um, four of those, the, the, two, two of those top four are gone, Bale and Vinicius, and the other one is obviously Kane. That's 64 of 109 total goals in all competitions last year that are either gone or threat of leaving. I just want to know where the goals are going to come from if Harry Kane because we know Harry Kane's not playing next week and we don't really know when he's going to play. He's going to take some time to get his fitness back geared up after, you know, doing whatever the fuck it has been. He's been doing in the Bahamas and in Florida and God knows where else, but he is at least back in North London and isolating. And they're apparently going to, you know, they being Nuno and Kane are apparently going to talk on Monday. So we will find out kind of what comes of it and, and where his future lies. But Latura Martinez is kind of, the big fish that's out there that if Spurs want to go pounce on it, they certainly can. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk to Shuban. I, I, I recorded something with him a little bit. We're going to get kind of what the vibe was uh, for this match today. Cause it was a little different than your normal match. Uh, we'll talk to him for a couple minutes, his expectations, and then we'll come right back and get these boys expectations for the upcoming season. And we'll do that right after this. <laughs> Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to the Tottenham Depot. Andrew here, and I'm joined by Shuban, who is going to give us some reaction and some uh, some some atmosphere from from across the pond after today's one nil victory in the the kind of fake preseason North London derby that was. Uh, Shuban, how you doing today, bud? I'm all right. Um, yeah, I was driving. Um, my gym's actually right on the corner from Seven Sisters Tube, and I was driving home um, to Enfield, and um, I was what. Let me just see what the atmosphere is like, because obviously we haven't had fans at Stadium for a long, long time. And I, I think it would have been last November or something. No, like last November or something. That's how long. Maybe. I think we had a few Aston Villa game, but not like what we're having t- today. And I was driving down, and normally, especially for London Derby, there's police everywhere and everything else like that. None of that. You do, I did see some people like walking down the high road, up the high road from um, Seven Sisters, and I, and I was like, I took, a, I took some videos and the very, very muted atmosphere. The only thing I'd really noticed that was you'd see on normal match day was just near Wild Lane Road, near Wild Lane Station itself. There's a guy that sells T-shirts and it's always like that as a match. And normally he's really busy, but even though he was kind of muted. So 
obviously the weather didn't help. It was it's been raining, cold, raining, cold. Like, there's obviously people taking away some holidays. So, but yeah, it was a very very muted atmosphere. And yeah, I mean, I, I caught yeah, you know, I mean, I caught the last eight seventy five minutes of the game and didn't miss the first fifteen minutes or so. But it was very muted. I mean, obviously there were fans in the pitch, fans on the stadium. Sorry, and but yeah, Wild Lane obviously wasn't a capacity. Uh, Park Lane was though. You can see on the videos, Park Lane was more of a capacity than say, um, you know, East and West stands. But yeah, definitely yeah, there was. Yeah. You, you, you didn't feel that there was a game going on. You didn't feel there was that kind of atmosphere. I mean, the only thing I could think that would make people think there was a game going on was when I saw like loads of people not really queuing that much, but there was a bit of a queue for the Spurs Megastore. And normally there's like one line, like, you just go in. There's like two guys. I can see a lot of people in there. But like I said, it was very muted. It's very subdued. I think there's a lot of apprehension. I know because we, we have this thing in, in England called the pandemic, which basically means if you are pinged, you don't even have to have COVID. If someone you know has got COVID and they're near you, bam, that's it. You have to isolate for two weeks. Right. So there was hesitancy because of that. I do know that people, they weren't checking like COVID, like how did you have a vaccine or something? I know for some people, they said they were. They weren't checking it here. Apparently so. So, um, but, you know, they like the idea of a COVID passport kind of thing. Like people say, because we actually have cards here that will tell you whether you had your first jab or your second jab. I don't believe they were doing that. But then um, you know, maybe that was just that, was just that one entrance or something. So, well, yeah, and, and, and I didn't get the vibe of it. Like, you know, a lot of people were, you know, obviously the South Stand was somewhat full. And, and like you said, you know, the upper areas of the stadium were were, were empty completely. I get the vibe that they're going to try to have more people, you know, fill in. I don't know what, what kind of capacity limit, if any, they're putting on for the regular season uh, once the Premier League season starts next next week. But um, I was I would also be interested to know how many of those folks stuck around for, of course, because, of course, the women's game was afterwards. Uh, yeah. the, the women the women uh, of, of Tottenham played played Arsenal after as well in a friendly. So, um, you know... Couldn't have been the the same normal rush of people in and out after a match that that is normal, but but at least nice to see like somewhat you know like the largest crowd I think that has been in that stadium since the start of the pandemic, and obviously we've had yeah. a few smatterings of crowds. I know the last North London derby there was a a, a small select few. Uh, I want to yeah. say it was if I recall correctly, I think it was like twenty percent or something like that. Yeah, it was um, very. This is this is literally about a month before lockdown, so right, it was right. very small. And like I said, I mean, there's trying to put a post out saying, "Oh, it's not been the same without you guys here." And I said, "Yeah, I know. Revenue needs to have taken a bit of a hit, so maybe <laughs> I'm just being cynical." But no, like I said, look, I think football is about the fans, I and mean, we've seen like the Olympics literally ended today. It's it's been. I mean, I'm having been to London 2012 and being part of a crowd and having that rush of excitement. You just don't get that when you're at home watching it. So you can have a watch party and everything. It's nowhere near the same. I've tried doing watch parties and it's nice to have the conversation going, but it's just still a bit when you're there and that tension is nothing, nothing beats watching it live. And like I said, if we can do it safely, great. But sure, sure. So, I, mean, I mean, I was just to see when I saw the lineup, I was like, oh, wow. It was um, full of Tanganga and um, who was it? And hang on, right back. And I thought, what kind of formation? Because I thought, why play Tanganga right back? But he didn't have a bad game, obviously, if he sort of found out with the assists. And um, no, it was interesting. I mean, it's hard. I mean, all friendlies, they have what I call the David Bentley factor. You know, <laughs> I remember David Bentley looking like, looking like Luis Figo against Roma. And then we ended up having like two points from eight games afterwards in the league. So 
it's a friendly, it's glorified sparring, whatever you want to call it. But oh, it's always nice to beat the Arsenal. And, um, and I must admit, the best the thing for me that I enjoyed the most was when I don't think I've ever seen any Arsenal player ever get a standing ovation. Right. But That's what I was going to ask you about. Yeah. See, Saka get that. Like, we're Londoners. This is a melting pot. I mean, we hate, we hate fascists more than anyone. Since the 30s, when we beat the crap out of them, us was most as fascists and the cable tree. We, think we, we are a nation that accepts people that are coming from abroad. We are a melting pot. And to see that, it was really nice. And to put our differences aside and support Saka, and there was a flag, I think that's, I know, I know Ben shared it, a few other, Ben Foreman from San Diego Spurs shared it. Quite a few people are sharing it saying, we support Bakayo Saka. And I, that really, I thought, you know, that was really nice because, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm driving by and I saw some Arsenal fans, I'm thinking, do I give them a little bit of shit? And because cause I, know, I know some some idiot last year was it, you know, was walking running around the stadium saying, Arsenal to fuck off back to Woolwich. I have no idea that idiot it was, but there was some idiot running around the stadium doing that. Really weird guy. But um, no, I mean, you want to um, kind of, you know I mean, you want to be able to enjoy this. Because like I said, if, if this pandemic shows anything, it's to appreciate each other, value each other, yeah. put our differences yeah. aside. And like I said, you know, Minds Right Charity, we spoke about last week. And um, no, like I said, I was, I was touching. And, I, and then I said, it, I, it was interesting to see how we played, actually, because I, mean, I was thinking there was a bit of meatiness. You cannot have that. And there was a little bit of squaring up to each other, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know? But um, no, like I said, the game was good and I'm hoping his Arsenal fans got home safely and, you know, because, you know, that's what you want. You want, you know, I think I think, I think, think a couple of days ago, one of the last uh, survivors from the Hillbridge, Hillbridge disaster, he was paralysed for years and they finally took, I think he finally passed away. All you want is to be able to go to a football game, go there safely, come back safely and, you know, whatever happens on the pitch happens on the pitch kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was nice to see and, and for the businesses, a friend of mine um, owns a cafe opposite. A lot of businesses have taken a bit of a hammering, you know, like, like all businesses have that rely on they trade. And hopefully they've got their trade coming in. Tottenham is one of London's poorest boroughs. It's where it's, this, this is actually the 10th anniversary of the riots, funny enough. And um, to sit in, yeah, I remember 10 years ago, it was like, a, it, was like it was like, you know, we weren't even allowed to go into Tottenham because of, the riots, so like there was curfews and everything, and so to see that sea change and see people come together, it's kind of nice. So yeah, as a Londoner, I'm very, I'm very proud. Um, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. Um, so obviously preseason wrapping up today, we're we're seven days out from the start of another season, and it feels kind of soon because it's mid-August, and it's like, <laughs> as you mentioned, the Olympics just wrapped up, and we've still got a player in in Brian Heal coming back from that, and Euros, and everything seems to be coming up quickly, but um. Before I, I get you out of here, I wanted to get kind of your just impressions on the start of the season and, and expectations. I don't, I'm not going to press you for predictions because who knows what could happen, but, but what do you expect from this club going into a new season under a new manager and with you know a, a lot of new faces and, and a lot of, of faces, faces that we know pretty well that have now departed? Well, I think there had to be a changing of the guard. Some place had to move on. It's just... It's just, it's just, I remember I asked, um, um, I think Mickey Hazard when Spurs sold Ryan Mason, and it was, and I asked him, you know, how do you feel? Because obviously, you bought me, you bought Ryan to the club, and he was like, that's just football, football, you know, things change. I think, I mean, I saw Galini, he's, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a huge step up from Gazaniga. I think, yeah, you, know, you can just tell. And I think Hugo Lloris, I'm not saying he's comfortable, but now he's got someone 
I think I think Hugo Lloris is going to be number one, but he's going to look over his shoulder and think, Do you know what, that kid could, you know, he's 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 after my spot and he's a really good chance of getting it. I I should, um, there's a very good article by Christian Romero, and I don't want to give him a tag, but he's a very aggressive young man, and um, from my read, and Argentine Ramos seems to be what I'm thinking. And if you and you want someone who's a bit of a bastard, you know what I mean in your defence, who's going to get you over the line, who will put that tackle in, and um, so yeah, I mean I think we need to sort that out. I mean I, I love Toby, you know the guy was Lord of the Pings. I actually loved him. He really elevated us. He, he I think hit one of his signing, as well as a few other things, really helped to become title challengers the year he joined, and he was a huge part of that defence. And I think Romero. Obviously, I don't want to give him Tim's. Obviously, I don't know how much English he speaks. He's, I don't, if, if any. But you know, you've got, you know, you've got some good defenders there. I mean, even Sanchez was having a decent game. I was surprised. And you know, you know, I think Sissoko wasn't playing, which is a bit of a, bit of a, like prelude to maybe he to be moved on. So, look, players have to move on. We, I think we're even over sentimental, and we didn't. Yeah, you know, but th- that's what I've always said. I think Alex Ferguson was very good at getting rid of players because he re- realized when the decline sets in. I'm not saying you can't turn it around, but when that decline sets in, it's really hard to turn it back. So, like I said, I'm I'm just hoping for just the season. I think in Nuno we have. I mean, I'm not saying Jason was a terrible person. I think I'm sure he's a good he's a good man. But Nuno comes across as a guy. It doesn't have to be about him. You know, it's about the club. You know, Jose is always has the essential attention. I think he doesn't want to, but he doesn't. He he likes the attention. He likes the spotlight. Nuno, you get the feeling. It's getting more about the club and the players rather than about himself. Um, Paratici or Paratici or how? I mean, I, obviously we have an Italian on 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 the on our um, roster that will bear. Who will tell you that's how to pronounce it correctly? Obviously, but um, he's. I mean, yeah. Look at. I mean, we've got two. Is it two um, deals? And apparently they're loans. They're not actually. There's an option to buy. So if these guys tank or these guys have like like horrendous injuries, which I hope they don't have, but whatever. We've protected ourselves. Yeah. So I think that's shown some real smartness in on our thing. Obviously, I mean, obviously, we haven't got time to talk about it now, but I mean, we're looking to take advantage of maybe the inter situation. And there are, like I said, we are a well run club. For all the Levy out, Unique Hours, one of the things that I want to say is that you, the problem of paying someone really high wages to bring them in is they're very hard to get rid of. And we've seen like a Barcelona. It's not just it's not just the last five years. This is why I call a decade of mismanagement, at least. Yep. And they've had to let go of a player that had to do a conference. I mean, I've I've never seen a player do a press conference about leaving a club. I've never seen a press conference when he joins a club, but leaving a club. So um, no, like I said, it's been a very unpredictable season. I would I would like to think we can might be get a couple more players in, but it's going to be hard. I mean, Brian Hill, he's um. I think yes, he, he needs at least a two-week break. I mean, I watched him yesterday. He went into, you know, I think extra time, and obviously, yeah, you know, he needs to just mentally recharge. So, I don't see, I don't think we'll see him until September. I think uh, Romero, I think he's come with an injury, and so again, he has to acclimatize. And I think he was, he was, he was obviously at the, at the Copa. But yeah, I mean, you know, we've got someone like Pierre Mahoberg, and he was just keeping it real. And I've, I've, and I've said to, I've said to Andrew, I've said to TC that if um, I don't know what's happened with Kane, we're not, not few us know, but you know what? If Hoiberg isn't a nominee for being a skipper, I don't know who is. 
Yeah, because I think he should be getting the armband if 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 if, if Hugo is in there, or if um, um, Harry Kane is in there. For me, our great Dane is he's he, he's a leader, and that's what we need. And then, and hopefully he can give us he can give that defense the leadership it needs. Because I don't that's the only thing I think we need. We do need a leader. And I I mean I know we've been linked with that's it. That's a Sevilla guy, Kunde is his name. I can't pronounce his name. Yeah, Kunde, who 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 may or may not end up at Chelsea. That that's all of that remains to be seen. Yeah, right. Like I said, I think we need. Like I said, I think we do need a, maybe another centre half. We, I think we need a leader of a centre half. But you know, it's not as if you know. It's, how do you get one? You know I mean, it's not as if check. I know um, uh, you know was it Scotty or um, Dakota is very, is very good championship manager or football manager, and they get loads of leaders in and stuff like that. I've never been so good at that. So I was like, we'll see how it goes. But like I said, I. I'm a lot compared to like last season where we we did so much business very very last minute. We are trying to get more of our business down the line. It's harder now. I mean, yeah, we are yeah. in the pandemic, so yeah. But yeah, thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me on. Very much appreciated. Chuban, I appreciate it. Thanks for giving us the the perspective uh, of a Londoner. Uh, we will return with more from from Todd and Scott and myself, and and kind of like like you said, I wanted to get your your look ahead at the season. We're going to get theirs as well, and we'll do that right after this. Welcome back to the Tottenham Depot. I'm your host, Andrew, joined by Scott and Todd. Just wanted to touch on uh, the, the upcoming season for these guys and and, and what they feel, because obviously it's here. And we are going to have a, a shorter little uh, preview pod out later this week, specifically talking about the Manchester City match. But before that one, just wanted to get your guys' idea. Spurs played 55 games in all competitions last season. Um, they came away with 62 points in the Premier League. They finished in seventh place. Obviously, it could have been a lot better, but it got them into Europa Conference League. Um, they made a you know a League Cup final. Um, where where do we sit, Scott? I'll start with you on where this season is going to go. What are your expectations? Not your prediction per se, but what do you expect from this team in the Premier League? I what I what I expect, and and I use the word expect as a fan saying like. This is what I expect of you as as my team, right? I expect them to fucking compete this season. And I don't even care if it's like for top four, six, fifth, just fucking fight. Like show me show me that you want it this season. And then from there I can live with whatever happens, I think. And I think there was a part of me that I said a week ago, like we're gonna finish like tenth. Um and I've you know, it and it was it was kind of in jest, but also not, right? Um, but I, but I, I'm feeling like we'll do a little bit better than that. So I think if, if we if we end up competing for fourth place, I'll be thrilled. And I think that we actually maybe have the squad to be able to do that under under this manager. And you both know I'm thrilled about Nuno. I was from the jump and the whole the, at the start of this whole fucking mess of a manager search, I just would have hired Nuno like from day one, right? So I'm glad we got him. But I really think that we have an opportunity to do a lot better than I expected us to do a couple of weeks ago. And I think it has a lot to do with a few signings, but also just what I'm seeing even today, there's, there's some cohesion that we haven't seen in a little while at Tottenham. And it seems like, you know, last, last year we had, you know, like you said, all our goals came from two guys. Like obviously that's, you know, exaggeration, but the point stands, right. Um, it just, it seemed like a couple of guys playing football and then just everybody else just kind of like wandering around wondering what the fuck is going on. Right. And now, now it just seems like, uh, like I said, a nice cohesive effort towards a common goal. 
under a manager who everybody can get behind and maybe a group of people who have kind of actually, I'm just going to say it. They have almost like seemed to have bonded over this cane thing as a squad, you know, they really have. And, um, and I, I'm excited, man. It's, it's, a, it's, it's just, it's a group of guys who want to play football together. And so for me, I expect us to compete, to play with heart. And I'll just say, if I were to predict anything that we end up in, you know, that fifth, fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh range, and we're competing for fourth place. And I'll be thrilled with that. Todd, where are you at with, with your Top expectations? Six Top six in a trophy, which trophy? Oh, it doesn't matter. I don't give a shit. You can. We got. We, we we legitimately at top six in a trophy. We legitimately have three trophies we can win. Well, now you. Saying, I was going to say you. If you say top six in a trophy, you could be expecting them to win the Premier League. I, I'm saying top six in a trophy. I would say top two in a trophy if I really thought we had a chance <laughs> at winning the Premier League, but we don't, and that's okay. And I'm totally okay with that. I, I look at this going, <clears throat> unless the next. You know, ninety-six hours bear Messi and Lataro Martinez at the same time. Like we're not, we're probably not going to win the Premier League this year, guys. Um, <laughs> but realistically, you know, we Spurs were linked with with you know Messi. So I mean, sure, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, but realistically, I think that this manager and this team in this moment are geared for a cup run. Yeah, I just don't know which one, but I don't really care at this point in time. I, I I feel you. I'm 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 hopeful as well. I mean, hell, they made a cup run last year. People don't want to really like recognize that or realize. I talk it. about that because that leads to the same conversation with the same Fair statement enough. at the end of it, and then we go Fair from enough. there. It's fine. Just keep it moving. Who? Uh, last thing before I get you guys both out of here, Scott. If it's not Spurs, who is in your top four this Premier League season? Oh, fuck. I mean, City obviously wins the league. Um, and then I think beyond that, United will be in there. Um, Chelsea will for sure be in there. Um, and I think, you know, beyond those three, there's where that fourth spot is kind of up for grabs. I, I don't expect Liverpool – I expect Liverpool to definitely be competing for it. I don't think that they, – they, they signed Kanate, right, and the guy's a hell of a center back. And I think, you know, with a pairing of Kanate and – and Van Dyke, they're going to be they're going to be solid, but I don't think they've done a whole lot to you know to boost their squad with with uh, regards to its attack going forward or whatever. So, but I I I would be you know I it would be easy to say Liverpool would be in there too, right? But I think both both Manchester clubs and Chelsea are a shoe in for top four for sure. I agree uh, that both Manchester clubs and Chelsea are a shoe in for top four. I also think Leicester City uh, is dude. They're good, man. They're really really they're good. good. That's, they're that's my favorite. Right? Great yeah. shout. Great shout. Um, yeah. The other thing that I will say is I don't expect Liverpool to, you know, be necessarily in that competition this year. And the reason why I say that is one, uh, Van Dyke's knee is not right. I right. just yeah. need you to know that it is not right. And the second thing yeah. that I will say about that uh, is I saw Robertson do something to his ankle this morning that I didn't know the ankles bent that way. Yep. Um, and mm. if that guy's not right, <clears throat> and Van uh, Dyke's not right, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. My my bold prediction, and this is gonna it's I'm not just doing this for Vance. I actually do believe that there's a possibility of this happening. I don't think City win the league this year. I don't think so either. Really? Oh, okay, good. Who do you no, think? I think, it is, I think Chelsea wins the league. Oh, see, I'm on the other end. I think I think United win the league. You think United win it? Yeah, no, I just honestly when you bring in a guy like Lukaku and you have the other players that, that Chelsea team yeah. has and like, I think Chelsea yeah. finishes second or third behind United, but I, I think they're gonna have 
a lot of confusion about who the best team is to play because they have so many options. And not that it's a bad thing. I hope you're I, right. I hope I'm right too. <laughs> well, um, I think I honestly, the last thing that I want to say on that is that like, and I said this in the other pod is that I think that um, well, on Thursday, I, I think that Jack Grealish to city is Coutinho to Barcelona. I think he's surplus to requirements. Mm-hmm. I think all that that's going to serve to do is piss off Bernardo Silva. Um, which isn't good. Bring for him really. to Spurs. Bring yeah, him come in. Come on, Bernardo. Let's go. You and Messi yeah. and Lataro Martinez. Everybody can come. Yeah, let's fucking go, boys. <laughs> bring go. bring back everyone. Bring back Christian Eriksen if he's healthy too. Why not? He, I, I, he, can, he can come back and, and, and cheer him all on. I would love it. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on today's edition of the Tottenham Depot. Uh, some predictions galore. And like I said, watch out. Later this week, we will have a specific Manchester City preview podcast uh, that'll go out uh, either Wednesday night or Thursday morning, depending on how quick my editing skills are. Uh, but until then, we will uh, we'll obviously be back next week to talk about a match that actually means something, which hey. is it won't be a no big deal uh, game. It will be a big deal game because it's Manchester City. It opens up the Premier League season and then the games start to come thick and fast because Europa Conference League is in the in the midweek. And then there's an I can't even remember, I think we play Wolves the week after that. Um, so the games and the podcasts will be coming your way, um, quickly and, uh, we can't wait to bring them all to you. Um, you can follow Todd at TC underscore Kasho. You can follow Scott at DSM Spurs. You can follow myself at a Stetka. You can follow Shuban at the real Shuban. You heard from him earlier. You can also follow our friend Dakota, who is rejoining us soon at Dakota J booth and follow the podcast at Tottenham Depot. Let us know how we did there. Until later this week when I talk to you uh, previewing Manchester City for Todd, for Scott, for Shuban, I've been your host, Andrew. As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>